The Home Depot has holiday savings of up to 40% on select appliances, like a Whirlpool four-door French door refrigerator for just $15.98. It's perfect for a busy kitchen full of helping hands. That's where its fingerprint-resistant stainless steel finish really shines. Order online and get free delivery. Holiday appliance shopping improved. Up to 40% off select appliances. Now at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Continental U.S. only. While supplies last. Valid through December 2nd. Free delivery on orders $396 or more. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Here's the scenario. Your insurance company is denying your long-term disability claim despite the fact that you've paid premiums for years and your own doctor insists that you're not well enough to work. If this sounds familiar, call Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. You'll speak with me, Brian Goldfinger, a licensed and experienced lawyer who practices exclusively on behalf of accident victims, disability claimants, and their families. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Longest winning streak in Canadian sports history, I believe, for any team. 137 to 126, a super fun game against the new look Timberwolves. A high scoring affair. Obviously, that's um, pretty evident by the score. But this is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I am Ro Samson Folk, and here to detail with you and celebrate with you the Raptors' 15th straight win and well earned. They were missing Serge Ibaka in this one, Marcus All as well. Kyle Lowry miraculously is healed from his whiplash and came back to deliver an incredible performance. He led the way for large parts of the game. Other rappers coming through in the end, which I'll get to, but a miraculous performance from Kyle Lowry, hot on the heels of what seemed like a pretty bad injury, but was maybe overstated at the time. He's back in it, but the Raptors against a team with a what some refer to as a generational talent in Carl Anthony Towns. He is a fantastic player. He completely unlocked a whole new way for the Wolves to play ever since they were reinvigorated. Well, I should just say invigorated with all the players they got at the uh, the trade deadline and a couple of those players being Nuggets offshoots like Malik Beasley, like Juancho Hernan Gomez. And if anybody knows how to cut around a big man, it would be players who recently played for the Nuggets, obviously, hovering around Nikola Jokic's gravity. And we saw Carl Anthony Towns, similar to how the Wolves used him against the Clippers, was operating as the fulcrum of offense above the break. We see similar things sometimes the Raptors run through Marcus All, just a lot heavier use for Carl Anthony Towns. We see it from when we played the Pacers, Demonis Sabonis, when we played the Heat. Bam at a bio, and it was a really good look for the Wolves. The Raptors had a really tough time stopping them, obviously, in this game. 126 points is a lot, especially for the second-ranked defense to give up. But the Raptors eventually figuring it out, playing really sharp defense down the stretch. 
banding together as a unit to stop Towns, I think, was the most impressive thing that they did in this game, considering they only had Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, both Ibaka and Gasol are out. And especially the offensive output from guys like OG Ananobi, really impressive and really nice to see for the Raptors in this one. But let's start at the very beginning. Let's jump into it. The Raptors hit their first eight shots of the game. Even though I said the Wolves had been invigorated with their new players, that didn't mean defensively. It was only offensively. They are still not a markedly better defensive team. They still were allowing the Raptors to get to the paint quite often. And although Carl Anthony Towns is quite generational offensively and a terrific player, he is not at all a defensive stalwart. So the Raptors getting on the inside fairly easily. Pascal Siakam playing really well, really taking advantage of his... Well, the, the mismatches. James Johnson was about the only player on the Timberwolves who had a good read on how to defend him. Otherwise, he had his way with most players. On the other side of things, D'Angelo Russell makes his... I guess it would be debut for the Timberwolves in this game. He was pretty sharp in the first half, really, really sharp working on the pick and roll, working out of pitch plays or dribble handoffs with Carl Anthony Towns. He shot a really high percentage, both teams really pouring it in. Malik Beasley also playing pretty well next to Towns, and Towns operating as the fulcrum for the offense above the break, generating a lot of back cuts for his his teammates, gathering up quite a few assists, and generally just using his gravity to grant other players a lot of looks. Both teams scoring a lot. The final, or not the final score, but the score at the end of the first quarter, 40-36 to 36 in favor of the Raptors. That's a big deal. That's a lot of points for this team to give up. But it might have been expected. They're playing, you can't really say five out because the, the substitute for the big man is Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. And he shoots demonstrably worse than any of Chris Boucher, Pascal Siakam, Marcus All or Serge Ibaka. So not really five out. But they did have to play smaller, so maybe lending themselves to more speed is probably what they're going for. And they did. They scored quite a bit in transition. But the uh, the new way of playing did lead to quite a few turnovers, some really lazy and sloppy ones for the Raptors. And that did jumpstart the Wolves' offense in the second quarter. The Raptors, I believe they had 14 or 15 first-half turnovers. Once they got that unlocked, things started to work out better for them. But in the midst of that second quarter, the Wolves really took advantage of that disparity in the amount of possessions, especially when both teams are scoring at such a high clip. Having extra possessions is super meaningful because if you if the other team's scoring on almost every possession, if you're not getting possessions, you're falling way behind at that point. And the Wolves, they took they they took advantage of that. Russell still really sharp offensively, Towns still operating as a fulcrum. Freddie for the Raptors doing the most work offensively in this quarter, although probably staying on ball a little bit too much. The Raptors, they could have stood to have a little bit more ball movement. Sometimes the the hands of Freddie get a little bit sticky, and I think we saw an affectation of that in the second quarter. But to his credit, he was hitting some shots. He didn't end up having a crazy offensive night, but he was pretty good as far as shot making in that second quarter. But as far as distributing the offense it wasn't really humming that great for the Raptors for the stretches that the ball was in his hands but the it did come back around the Raptors were down one by the time everything closed in the first half still very little defense it was 75 to 74 and the Raptors it was evident that if they took care of the ball they'd be able to 
take the horns of this game. They'd be able to grapple back in, figure things out. They just needed to take better care of the ball. And so that was obviously a, a very important issue that Nick Nurse went over at halftime because the Raptors didn't commit a turnover until maybe four, three or four minutes left in the third quarter. They did a great job of taking care of the ball. Pretty good job of sniffing out, snuffing, I should say, snuffing the Towns and Russell actions. We saw both those players get loose in the first half. Towns not for a bunch of points, but creating a lot of baskets off of his gravity, as I mentioned before. But Russell really put on a shooting clinic early on. He he was very, very potent, but I'm pretty sure he scored less than 10 points in the second half. The Raptors, Fred Van Vliet in particular, did a really great job of defending his actions, making it t- like making life very tough on D'Angelo Russell. Anything he was trying to do, pressing up on his dribble, making sure that his point-to-wing or wing-to-point passes were really difficult to make, getting some steals, and in driving offense the other way. And the Raptors, that was another thing, getting back to their their transition offense because their defense started to create more turnovers in that third quarter and not giving up possessions on the other side so the disparity in possessions started to work its way back around the Raptors playing really really aggressive defense on Carl Anthony Towns the doubling the trapping general harassment digging in on his post-ups paying him a lot of attention but the rotations on the back end pretty impressive in that third quarter and that only got better as the Raptors went on in time they they created a a double digit lead going into the fourth quarter and the fourth quarter was a it was a a platform for Pascal Siakam and I I should address that OG Ananobi throughout this whole game did a great job of playing off of and getting into the the Timberwolves defense he was really really effective around the rim his cuts were great very big impact in transition. He was larger than life there. Very composed on his finishing. Very strong on his drives. And not really missing much. And still operating pretty well as a release valve when he was the end point of the side top side action. Or just the spray pass to the corner. He was hitting his threes when they were coming to him. He finished with 25 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 steals on 10 of 13 shooting. He really killed it. The Wolves... They definitely don't play great defense. It's It will be really nice to see if he can do this against a very, very good defense. But for now, having a game like this, super impressive from OG. Whether it's a step or not offensively, I'm not super sure. He had a really good game just a couple games ago and then was not that involved last game. So it's up and down at this point. But this game, just really impressive to see. And how he fit in while also not being a primary ball handler, just being so efficient in the way that he was able to work himself into advantageous positions and then make it count once he was there. Really impressive to see. And that's that's going to be transformational for the Raptors in the playoffs if he is able to play that well. Obviously not 10 of 13, 77% shooting well, but just a modicum better than what he's been at over the last... There's a 20-game stretch here where the Raptors have won a lot of games, but OG Ananobi has been... He's been missing offensively in a bulk of them, and that's... You know, the Raptors are very deep. They're very good. They can get their offense elsewhere a lot of the time, but in basketball, as we've seen, it's all about maximizing one position at a time and trying to maximize what's on the floor because it's not a game like soccer 
or like hockey where one shift, one play could change the the whole game if if OG Ananobi were a, a right winger and he could kind of be just a good defensive player for most of the game, that'd probably be fine and he could have an offensive punch at some point and score a goal. That'd be huge. That would be very big. But in you know, in basketball scoring all the time a lull is really bad and it is a game of runs and he needs to get in on more of them I think but he did in this game and that's that's really great to see and he deserves a lot of credit for how he played in this one so I just wanted to highlight that but Pascal Siakam and co Kyle Lowry this whole game really driving the Raptors forward doing a fantastic job of stirring up the the Timberwolves defense killing it from downtown getting to the rim quite often drawing free throws when anything got bogged down, creating for his teammates 27 points, 7 rebounds, 11 assists. Big-time game. Really impressive from him. But the the fourth quarter felt like Pascal Siakam's quarter, whether it was the help side block that he had on Carl Anthony Towns and then the subsequent post-up on the other end for a basket, how he kept... He had quite a few um, pick-and-roll possessions where he would get a switch take advantage of it anytime he had a player who wasn't Carl Anthony Towns or James Johnson on him he pretty much made it count he finished with 34 points six rebounds five assists and he closed this game out for the Raptors he led them to the promised land with his offensive punch down the stretch and the the Wolves at that point force feeding Carl Anthony Towns and the Raptors had figured out their rotations I think to that point and had caught up to the, I guess, the motions that the, the Wolves were generally moving through. And so to that point, they they were reading what Conley Towns' first read was off of the double, reacting to it a little bit, and trying to coax him into that second, that second read. And the second read was less advantageous for him, and the passes were risky and riskier. So what that ended up being was either Conley Towns was forcing his way into the post and Pascal Siakam did a terrific job as a help side defender in those moments and Rhonda Hellas Jefferson or OG Ananobi sometimes whoever was fronting Fred Van Vliet Kyle Lowry all doing a great job just making it really difficult for him to shoot in those moments and make tough shots around the basket so either that happened or he just passed it directly back out tried to do a repost something like that either way not super successful offense for them Things bogged down a little bit. The Raptors, credit to them. They played great defense down the stretch. They made it really tough for the Wolves to keep pace with the Raptors. The Raptors with more guns at that point in time. Even though they didn't have an ideal matchup defensively for Carl Anthony Towns, they still had a lot of guys who could put the ball in the hole. Rondé Hall Jefferson, 21 points. OG, 25. Siakam, 34. Fred Van Vliet, 16. Kyle Lowry, 27. Just a lot of guys pitching in honestly and the Raptors by committee just making making the Wolves look like the the very bad defensive team that they are and rightfully so I mean the Raptors they I think they'll find their way into the top seven or eight offensively before this year ends they'll definitely be top five defensively as well they've been hanging back a bit offensively as of late but I think we'll see that start trending in the right direction especially if they're fully healthy after all-star break but they pulled this thing out 137 to 126 after being down at half after you know starting out the game in a tough spot of obviously it's not ideal to walk into a game against Carl Anthony Towns with just Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Pascal Siakam but credit to those two I thought they did a great job especially in the second half of paying attention 
making sure that the rotations were crisp, and everybody around as well. Fred Van Vliet, Kahari in particular, really great rotations at towards the end of the game. Active hands, whether they're trying to rip the ball out of Conathy Towns' hands or trying to jump passes from D'Angelo Russell. Really impressive stuff, definitely. And they win this game, 15th straight. That's a big deal. It's a franchise record and one that just keeps growing and it opens up the possibility that the Raptors could very well go into the All-Star break on a 16-game win streak. This was also their 16th straight against the Wolves themselves. Just a lot of good things happening in Raptorland, especially with OGN and Obi having such a good game as well, and Pascal Siakam. Just fantastic stuff to see, of course. The Reggie Evans Award, I would like to give it to Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. There's a certain level of compete it takes to, to get banged around by Carl Anthony Towns, who does, you know, he does like the occasional post-up. We saw Rondé get hit in the face with, it was it was Carl Anthony Towns' forearm, not his elbow, but on a sweep through, and we saw him contesting all night, whether it was for space in, in the post, making sure he could deny passes in, just being really great and active on help. It was, it was fantastic. So watching that happen from him, really inspired me. <laughs> it made me decide to give him the Reggie Evans Award. And that's something I'm, I'm happy to give to Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Rondé Hustle Jefferson, as Matt Devlin likes to refer to him all the time. The top quick reaction comment from Globus. Um, three paragraphs and a sentence here. It says, I was crazy to suggest that OG should be traded. He's just struggling to find his place among the starters in the offense. You can see what he might do when the team empowers him to think of himself as a primary option. I've come to accept McCaw's role here. As long as TD gets the chance to earn extended minutes with his aggressive offensive play, then I have no problem with his role. On nights like tonight, when TD isn't cooking, I have no issue with using McCaw as a defensive unit who moves the ball and doesn't try to do too much. I only wish that we could turn back the clock a couple years on Lowry and Mark. We could have had a dynasty. We might still have a dynasty. I love everything about this team. Yeah, I definitely agree with the McCaw stuff to a you know a degree. It's not that Terrence Davis will always be better than McCaw. It's just that he usually is. And usually with rookies, you want to get them more playing time. Obviously, Nurse seems to think that McCaw has uh, defensive merits that, quite frankly, I don't really notice. Sometimes he's quick and kind of a pest defensively, but most of the time I see he, that he's not impressive defensively at all I'd almost always try and take Terrence Davis's I guess aggressive offensive play over that just seeing if he'd hit or miss but maybe Nick Nurse likes the dependability of having a ball mover like Patrick McCaw if he does move the ball also to suggest to trade OG yeah I don't think uh, we want to trade OG I definitely have never been in that wagon of of thought and I I don't expect to be anytime soon do I wish we could turn back the clock a couple years on Larry and Mark? Man, that would be something because only once they're gone will we know truly how much their brains have, I guess, contributed to this whole run. And just seeing Kyle Lowry now, how detailed he is in taking care of his body, he takes it really seriously. So I, I know Kyle Lowry wants to play basketball for quite a bit longer and he wants to be at this level. Who knows how long that happens for, but for this year, it's super great to see, and it would really be something if the Raptors had a, a prime Lowry and a prime Mark. It, that, that would be incredible. 
You love everything about this team. I do too. It's a hell of a team to cheer for. Globus, thank you for writing in. Listener, thank you for tuning in, whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye. Just in time for the holidays, fill your home and your season for less at homedepot.com. With up to 40% off a wide assortment of select bedding and bath linens. Update your bed or bath online, right from the comfort of your own cozy couch. Even get free delivery and flexible returns. How's that for holiday cheer? Up to 40% off. Holiday home decor improved from homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Online only. Free delivery on select items $45 or more. Visit homedepot.com for more information. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve, too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.